The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with tonight's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about the quantedge.com. Are you tired of getting crushed by the pros? DFS players and sports bettors, listen up. TheQuantEdge.com has the tools you need to play like a pro. With our lineup optimizer, injury tool, wide receiver, cornerback matchups, and head-to-head tool, you'll be armed with everything you need to win. Make up to 150 lineups in seconds. See matchups to exploit and compare players to help you make the right decision you're on the fence about at TheQuantEdge.com. You'll get exclusive access to industry experts, articles, podcasts, and the Quant Edge community by, by participating in the premium membership chat. We at the Sports DJs and most importantly, Benched with Bubba, have a special deal for you, our loyal listeners. Use promo code Benched, B-E-N-C-H-E-D, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off the season-long subscription. But you have to act fast, as this deal ends August 31st. That is Friday night, August 31st. So use promo code Benched, B-E-N-C-H-E-D, for 10% off a season-long subscription, and then go to the, the quantedge.com and enjoy. Now to episode 118 of Benched with Bubba with special guest Heath Caps of Fake Teams talking fantasy football news and fantasy football tight ends. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 118. Going to finish up the positional positions, as they say, in fantasy football. Not going defense, not going quicker. I apologize. If you need that help, there's plenty of websites that will tell you to draft them last. So you can go there for that. Um, We've covered quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers twice. We're going to the tight end position. And in order to do so, I know it's uh, when I first – Started talking to this gentleman. He was covering tight ends for fake teams, and he covers more than tight ends, but that's one of his main deals at the time and maybe still will be this year. But you can find yeah. him again at fake teams, and his name is Heath Caps. Heath, how are we doing, man? Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm, uh, we said it a minute ago, but I'm I'm three hours later than you, but it's not too late. It's only about 
I'm a bit of a night owl, so I'm I'm good. No worries. I'm feeling good. Perfect, perfect. I love it. Uh, let everybody know uh, what you got going on over at Fake Teams and where they can find you on the good old Twitter sphere. Uh, I'm pretty boring, uh, which is what I said to you when you asked me if if I would come on. It's like, yeah, <laughs> if you're that hard up, sure, I'll come on. So the the Twitter handle is my name. It's at Heath Caps. Um, been doing Fake Teams, maybe. I haven't, I don't know, maybe about three years now. Um, I dig the, it's, it's a really laid back vibe. I mean, it like probably like whatever I'm feeling I can write about. So if you, if you check out the Twitter profile, you can see the pinned Mitch Moreland propaganda on the top of my Twitter feed. Um, anytime I feel like writing about Mitch, I can write about him and nobody makes fun of me. They may make fun, but they're not making fun now since he's, he he's basically played Eric Hosmer to a draw this year, but uh, Mitch, Mitch and I went to high school together. We played on the same soccer team. So anything, uh, anything goofy like that, that I'm feeling, I can kind of get into, but mainly it's, it's uh baseball and, and football. So awesome. that's any, that's the jam baseball, football. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, and he does good stuff. Don't tell you he's boring. Yeah. There, there was a reason I kept asking Heath on is if you follow him on Twitter, you've got a lot of really knowledgeable information out there. So, uh, and sometimes, you know, it just takes getting on a few times and you never know. So um, let's get into some recent player news that might affect your fantasy teams coming up. Some of it way more so than others, but we'll kick it off with a, a simple one. OBJ gets paid and he got paid really well. And some are going to give the narrative of, well, he's got his money. He doesn't care anymore, which could be silly. Some say, you know, he's going to ball out now because he's happy and whatever. How do you look at OBJ in this situation? And then if you want to kind of round it out, there's like five mouths to feed in, in, in New York now. Yeah, I don't uh, – so, it, you know, we, we talked a little bit. I'm, I'm up here in North Carolina, but my, my college career was down in Mississippi. I went to Ole Miss. Um, so I was a big Eli fan. Uh, before I really became an NFL fan. So the Giants were – they when I started doing the NFL thing, they became my de facto team to root for. Um, so with OBJ, I mean, like with me, it's, I mean, it's not insider info, but I do follow the Giants. I mean, I, I feel like there's so much ego involved with a lot of these players, especially wide receivers, that it, the money thing doesn't – it doesn't really make me scared off of, of Odell Beckham at all. I mean, it, at that point, when, you, when you're talking millions, I mean, it, like he's playing for so much more than that, like, and it, you're just you're continually stacking yourself up against all the other best receivers in the game. I mean, it, I, don't, I don't think the money thing is a big deal. I mean, if anything, it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Now I'm just going to go out here and, and do my thing. So. He- you mentioned you followed them pretty well, and, and you followed Eli at Old Miss. And it, it's kind of a running theme right now. You can get Eli basically on the waiver wire in a lot of drafts right now. But like I said, there's a lot of mouths to feed. You got OBJ, you got Ingram, you got Sterling Shepard, you got Saquon. Everyone's expecting this offense to be so much better than it was. Are you looking at Eli as a possible late round quarterback, or is he still just a good backup? I think I would never take Eli as my as my QB one. I mean, I think he's. I think he's still QB two with upside. Um, it's too many turnovers, um, and I love Eli, but it's it's too many turnovers. And I really think that the Giants, if they stay healthy, um, 
the defense is what they're going to try to lean on and they're going to run the, they're going to run the mess out of the ball and they're definitely going to feed Odell. I mean, it, I'm a little skittish when it comes to Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard meeting, meeting ADP. Uh, those guys make me slightly nervous. Um, and I mean, Shep is kind of buried, so he's, he's okay. Ingram, Ingram definitely kind of worries me a little bit and we can talk about him in a minute, but I don't, I'm not targeting Eli, I guess is the best way to say it. If he kind of drops and I'm in a bind or, if it's a really if it's a really big league, like I've got a I've got a sixteen team hometown league coming up. Um and it it sounds really arrogant and it's not, but it like I spend so much more time on this stuff than most of those people that I feel like my my depth of knowledge with drafting is is just greater. So I played the stream game last year and got hot with Flacco in the playoffs and it, you know, it was disgusting, but it you know, so I, I may wind up with Eli in that league. But uh, it'd have to be a pretty deep one. There's nothing um, arrogant. There's nothing arrogant about that. I, I play in a home league and I finished top three like five straight years. I won it last year and we drafted last weekend. And I'm sitting there just kind of. I take my take me like 30 seconds to make a pick where some guys would be like four or five minutes running through papers and stuff. And I'm like, oh, we're gonna do this again this year. And then and then at the end you're drooling. You're like, how did I draft this team? Pretty much, and, yeah. So, and it it's just and I know it's like it's just it's my little it's my great time waster when I'm. You know, when there's nothing else going on, it's just I love reading. I love reading as much as I can. So definitely when I walk into that, when I walk into that, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty confident. So I love the stream game in a, in a league like that. So I'll probably I'll probably have Eli in the in the home league. No, if I, I, I didn't know you went to Old Miss. Um, my buddies and I usually every year we try to take a, a, a football trip somewhere. And I think it was three years ago, we went to Old Miss, Old Miss LSU game went to the Grove and I'm telling you, I know, you know, from experience, but my goodness, that is amazing. The only complaint I have about that area is there's nothing open in the morning to go get um, lubricated if you yep. need to. And yeah. uh, we found, we found that out the hard way. <laughs> and uh, We found that we found a gas station that sold uh, tall boys and we loaded up on those and walked around the Grove for a bit until uh, all the friendly people started inviting us into to tailgate. It was a blast, absolute blast. Submitted that that whole culture is uh, is super different. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was eye opening, but it was an absolute blast. I highly recommend it to any football fans. It's an awesome atmosphere, and you know it's weird. Uh, you've obviously been to games there. It's uh, for an SEC school, you expect all this big atmosphere, and, and the tailgate's big, the passion's big, but the stadium's not big. And I kind of like that. It's kind of everyone's on top of each other. I, I think yep. that's a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah, and it's actually they expanded it since I was there, but I was there. I was there quite a while ago. Gotcha. Uh, maybe not. What is it? What is it? 2018. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a, <laughs> undergrad been, maybe was, was Oh five. It's been, it's been, a, it's it's been, been a little while. while. Been a little while. Uh, let's talk about another, uh, we could say diva wide receiver. Cause that's what most wide receivers are, but he's not as diva. But uh, Doug Baldwin, you know, a week or so ago before I did my draft, everyone was saying, Oh, he's healing up fine. He's going to be ready for week one. Well, he decides to tell the media he's not a hundred percent. He'll never be a hundred percent. He's probably going to be 80% all year. When you hear stuff like that, how does that make you react to Doug Baldwin in your drafts? Uh, I bumped him down. I mean, it, we when we at fake teams, we've been doing positional weeks, and this week is tight ends all week. Last week when we were ranking wide receivers, we were talking in our Slack chat, and, uh, hey, are we, are we assuming that Baldwin is healthy? And the consensus was, yeah. Like at that point, we still were saying, you know, we think he's going to be healthy. And uh, I think I slotted him maybe as a low end 
number one, like number 12 or 13. But now, now, like probably, probably high teens for me with Doug Baldwin. And it like my gut reaction to that is like somebody in Seattle is going to explode. And, it, and I don't know if it's Brandon Marshall or if Lockett's going to be healthy or uh, my, my favorite sleeper, Jaron Brown uh, is gonna, is gonna do the Paul Richardson thing this year. But uh, somebody in Seattle is gonna is gonna be catching some touchdowns this year, and I just if you can figure out who it is at the end of your draft, I think it's gonna be a nice pick. Yeah, and that's the million dollar question because Wilson's gonna do his thing, and he's gonna have to run for his life because that defense is not gonna be good. So the O line's gonna make him run. He's gonna have to put points up. It's going somewhere. We'll talk about tight ends. I've heard a lot of places even mention Nick Vanette as a long term sleeper. Like it's that bad in Seattle right now, or you don't know where it's gonna go. And, but, and Dixon, uh, the the plotter. Yeah. Yeah, he's still fine. He's almost like, excuse my language, he's almost like a herpy. He just keeps showing up in random places and gets a job somewhere. It's crazy. But um, but you, you look at them, it's interesting. So I like Baldwin if you can get him at the right value. But like you said, where he's going now, it's tricky. But if, you know, say he falls into like the fourth round or something, okay, I can see yeah, I, something there. I like him in the fourth. The third yeah. is I'm kind of cringing. That's probably – and just based on how I'm drafting, like if I can get an early running back, I'm doing that. Round yeah. two, I like for wide receivers or Gronkowski. In the mm-hmm. third, there's like like if Joe Mixon is there and formerly McCaffrey, but now he's a round two guy. He's flying um, up. He went in the first round of my draft. He went 11th overall out of 12 teams the other night. Crazy. Yep. I, it, it, I'm it, down. I'm, I'm down with it. I know we're talking tight ends. Well, but no, that's fine. Um, this, is, this is the beauty of Bench with Bowman. We can talk about it. I'm drafting. I am drafting the fire out of Christian McCaffrey this year. Well, that was my that was my thing. Like we're going to take a sidebar here. So when we do the, our draft on my home league, it's we pull names out of a hat and you pick where you want to draft. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick ninth because I'm going to go get Melvin Gordon. I'm going to try to get McCaffrey on the way back. I'm thinking life is good. I get Melvin at nine. I'm sitting there going, okay, plans working. The, and then I forgot I had a Stanford fan drafting behind me. Ah, nice. Yeah, got shafted, but uh, <laughs> is is what it is. Uh, let's talk about another wide receiver situation that's kind of up in the air, similar to Seattle. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Marquise Lee goes down for the year, and now you know everyone's running saying Keelan Cole's the man. He played great when when Lee was out last year, and yeah, he did. He played well. I was a big DD guy last year when he finally got healthy and played. He's going to be in the slot. Um, there's a lot of different options there in Jacksonville. How are you? At, you know, it's only been a few days now, four or five days. How are you assessing that situation in Jacksonville? Because again, we also have to remember Blake Bortles was the quarterback. Uh, Leonard Fournette, <laughs> and it. I had uh, I waited on DD in uh, actually the same hometown league I referenced because it was so deep, uh, and I was hurting at wide receiver. So he, I picked him up and you know kept him until he got until he finally worked his way back. And um, I, I if it's a if it's a log jam like that, like normally I'm just taking I'm taking the guy that falls the lowest. And um, right now I think it would be DD after Cole, if I was getting the Jaguars guy. Um, but honestly, like on a team like that, like, you know what they want to do. They want to run it down your throat. So if I'm drafting a Jaguar, I prefer it to be Fournette. After that, like it, the tight end pool, obviously is a tragedy after like the top, you know, 10 or so you really start to get, it, it starts to get really ugly. So uh, I like, I like Safari and Jenkins with Bortles mm-hmm. for sure. So Big yeah. big target. I think I think he's actually like six six. Like that that dude is 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 a monster. Big red zone target. And we get to talking about tight ends. Like 
most tight ends outside of Grant Kelsey and like Ertz, you're shooting for touchdowns. And there you go with the uh, Seals. Mm-hmm. We saw it all last year, and with the Jets, when he paid off, he'd have like two touchdown games because he'd catch three passes for two touchdowns. <laughs> That's just what he would do. So uh, yeah, we'll get into that for sure. But it's going to be kind of that messy deal. One week it'll be one guy, one will be the other. I'm yep. with you where I think I think uh, DD might have the overall best year. But there's going to be a lot of weeks where you're going to put him in your lineup and he's got like three points because you're just like, crap, it didn't work out so well. Um, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champions. It's kind of been up and down. depends on where you looked all year. Some say Alshon Jeffrey is going to be ready to go. Some said, no, he's not. Well, it's official now. He's going to be out for at least the two week, first two weeks of the season. Uh, I guess hindsight is, is they're not putting him on the pup list, so he might come back after two weeks. At the same time, he's still a mess. And that really elevates a guy like Nelson Aguilar up the list. But uh, and you got Nick Foles quarterback because Carson Wentz can't even get it together yet. So how are you guys uh, looking at the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver situation with that news? So I mean, it, I've been I was drafting uh, Aguilar anyway. Um, that like me too. That little like wide receiver thirty ish to forty, depending on where you look at uh, at ADP. Um, I know you guys shouted out Jamison Crowder on a previous episode. I want to say two episodes ago. I love Crowder. Um, that that place is littered with with guys like that 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 are going to see time in the slot and have accurate quarterbacks like Alex Smith, who I love. Um, so I, I was already drafting Aguilar, and uh, definitely am a Zach Ertz lover. So I, Alshon was somebody I was kind of staying away from, and we we talked about this on the pod. Um, I teach for a living mm-hmm. and I just started back teaching this week. So um, I'm not as up on every news tidbit over the last four or five days. So what's his, uh, what's his latest malady with Jeffrey? What's his deal? It's just, it's the same shoulder injury that's been bugging him all off season. And apparently it's not that close to being healed is what's coming down to. Um, so that, that almost like scares yeah, me more bad. that it's, that it's been the, that it's, it's the same thing that's been going on for a while. Like that, that yeah. almost, if it were like something new that we could say was minor, I would be more inclined to feel okay. But Alshon wasn't really somebody I was jumping after. Anyway, yeah, let's, let's jump to Adam Thielen, who this one should be minor. He leaves with a leg injury. He walked off kind of on his own power. All reports where he's going to be fine. He's kind of been doing side drills for the most part. Are you thinking they're just playing it safe with him? Because, you know, I haven't seen anything to be too worried about. But, you know, you look at a guy that's got to be explosive out of the slot and everything, and you want those legs to be healthy, especially at the start of the season. They're never going to be healthy by the end of the year. But uh, any concerns with a guy like Adam Thielen? Because that offense should be pretty dynamic this year. I don't – so, I mean, there's the Diggs versus Thielen debate, and we all know Diggs just got paid. So, I'm, I feel like if you're drafting them, you sort of have – you, you got to pick one. Like, which which one do you think is, is going to do it? And, and I'm in the Diggs camp, so – this one for me is not a huge needle mover. I wasn't really going after Thielen anyway. Um, he's another guy that if he drops, I'm I'm down with it. But it, if I'm sitting there and they're both on the board, and most places I look, I think they're within like a pick or two. I'm uh, I'm clicking on Digs on that one. So I do I do I'm not you know if you are into Thielen, I do agree. It's it sounds like it's minor. It's not something to to be super worried about. But uh, I'm a Diggs guy. Yeah, and I, I like Diggs too. They got. I'm a fan of like you look at Brandon Cooks and guys like that. They pay a guy for a reason. That's yep. always my theory. Like if they're paying you, they want you to get the darn football. And yep. uh, Thielen will have his weeks. We've seen it, but 
yeah, I'm with you there. Um, talk about a guy that wants to get paid and should get paid. And when Gurley got paid, Lev Bell had to have the biggest smile on his face ever. Um, there were reports coming out that he's going to report after Labor Day. And then immediately he goes to the Twitter. And, and Lev's got a sneaky good Twitter game. He goes on Twitter and um, he says, hashtag fake news. I'm not reporting. I never said that. So on and so forth. You know, obviously after Labor Day, we're approaching week one of the NFL. How concerned are you? Because a lot of people throughout draft season, I'm not concerned. Lev Bell's Lev Bell. I'm still taking him towards the top. How concerned are you that he's actually going to say, screw it. You know what? I want to get paid. I'm not going to risk injury for a team that doesn't want to pay me. I mean, I, I think as long as that thing has drawn on with Pittsburgh and him not getting paid like like he feels like he should and definitely like he has played, um, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if he if he digs his heels in. So he just, you know, I don't, I'm not talking like character wise, but it, like he just seems like a dude that is slightly more volatile than the average bear to me. Yeah. Um, he has that you know, that little bit of history with, uh, with getting in trouble. Um, so I don't know. He, he's somebody like early in the draft anyway, that I'm what's up dogs. Yeah. Um, I just early on in the, like, I'm, I'm so risk averse, especially in the early rounds and just like me in my personality anyway, especially early on, I'm trying to avoid risk. So if I'm looking at him and Zeke, um, which, well, as soon as I said that, that sounds ludicrous. Um, <laughs> it's almost like there's, there's, there's landmines everywhere. So, yep. um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good answer. It would not surprise me a bit. It's it wouldn't tough. surprise me a bit. It's really tough because I was with the camp of people thinking, okay, eventually Lev's going to show up and when he plays, they're going to run him into the ground because they're not going to pay him next year. But at the same time, he is that guy, like you said, that's got this kind of track record where he's going to be like, you know what? Screw you. Like, I really don't care. I mean, he, like, he's either going to show up and say he's got a hamstring injury and he's going to sit there and get paid, or he's just going to screw it, I'm not coming. Either way, he's got the money to sit out of here. He's going to get paid a lot of money next year from somebody. So I can't blame him if he does it because the way these guys get beat up and you a year of football is going to just tear down a running back's career. So it's going to be wild. Well, and it's almost like he's, uh, he's setting the precedent almost, it seems wow. like, and and I'm not – you know, I'm not an agent or, or anything like that, but it, this has drawn on for a few years now. And it, if like the devaluation of the running back thing continues to go, like who who in their right mind that plays football would want to play running back? Like if you were mm-hmm. if you were shifty and fast and had good hands, like you know, coach, I'm playing wide receiver. Like it, like who wants to go get beat up for three years and never get paid? Like it. You know, it's it's almost like it. We're we're at the end of this now, where it's like we've we figured out that like most 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 smart people think running back is replaceable, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like we're watching it play out with with Bell. You know, like it. Yeah. You got these, these two sides where yes, he's electric and phenomenal, but it like he's just a running back. Why would we pay him money? And it, a lot of smart people would agree with the Steelers, but well, that's the thing is you're right because you know what we've seen in this era is they are kind of right. Like you can go and. You know, go and draft three guys in next year's draft, and one of them might be good enough. Like to be the next left Bell's tough, obviously. Yep. But, but to, to get, get the, the guy that could pair with like James Conner, who you have sitting there, yep. you could be just fine. Just, just fine. Right. And save a ton of money. 
and give it to scope out uh, scope out Alfred Morris and, and look at what he's doing right now. Like you it, know what's you know what's scary? He's gonna have a role in that offense. Definitely. Yep. I told my I told my Niner friends out here. I said when they when they picked him up, I gave them so much crap saying you know he's gonna be the one B to McKinnon. No, he's not. Well, yes, he is. He did it in Dallas last year just fine, and that's Shanahan's boy. So it's it's happening. Yeah, he he might he might be the one A right now. That's true. I don't know, but it that's- you know there's just there's so many examples of that where it's a retread or, or you know some guy you never heard of and and it you know a third round pick leading the league in rushing last year. So in what happens all the time? Remember, Arian Foster was an undrafted free agent. Yep, like anything can happen. Yeah, I, just, uh, I feel like we're just watching that play out with Bell. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. Let's talk about another running back going to Green Bay with the the Packers. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones. He's always banged up. He's got a suspension coming. Jamal Williams is having a huge camp. Everyone's raving about him. Aaron Rodgers likes him. The coaching staff flat up came out and said he's playing amazing. We might. I want to say we might have an answer because Ty Montgomery's hurt now too. Um, this could be the thing in Green Bay, even though we haven't really seen a steady back in Green Bay in a while. But this could help, you know, when when running back dies off so quick in your draft and you're picking at straws, is Jamal Williams a guy that's at least on the radar for you? Yeah, I think he's on the radar 100%. I think that I probably missed the boat on Williams in my uh, in my best ball leagues. He was just when it was a little bit a little bit more murky. He wasn't somebody I was really going after, but I think uh, I do. I do agree with the opinion that pass pro is important, and if Aaron Rodgers wants Jamal Williams to be the running back, Jamal Williams is going to be the running back. So I'm, I'm thinking that it might be too late right now. It, it may not be too late in my hometown league, so I can I can let him drop a little bit. But it, in in the sharp leagues, um, I think I missed the boat a little bit on Williams. So I, I'm I'm down with it. I like Jamal. I'm with you there because, yeah, I, I missed the boat, but I got a couple more coming up that I'm going to try to get on that training little piece of that uh, high-powered offense there in Green Bay. Uh, let's talk about the Washington Redskins. Chris Thompson, for a while during camp, no one thought he was going to be really healthy, and then the report was, well, obviously he's not going to be 100%, but he will be eventually, so on and so forth. Well, he's looking a lot better now, and he st- might still take another week or two to get full Chris Thompson, but we know what he can do in a PPR league. And with the issues with Pirine and, you know, you got Fat Rob there because Geis is out for the year. To me, I gotta think you want to take a little bit more of a gamble on like a guy like Chris Thompson. What are you thinking? <laughs> it's tough with the injury. You can disagree with me. It's totally no, funny. I was <laughs> laughing at uh, it's it's the whole standard versus PPR thing. I don't like PPR. You don't? No, I don't. I don't like it. I'm I'm angry at Yahoo for going to a to a default half PPR. P and ask you if you're listening, dude. <laughs> change it back. Um, I don't. It's wow. like like we want points for breathing. We caught a yes. ball. Like you catch a ball behind the behind the line of scrimmage, you're still getting positive points. It doesn't make sense to me. But I agree. I can agree with that. So so I normally agree. when it's like basically straight up receiving sort of a back, I kind of ignore them because mostly what I play is standard. Um, I will say, I think Alex Smith might be close to the leading rusher on that team. That's um, a good point too. He might. He may be. I mean. I think there's a really strong likelihood he's second. Um, but uh, I did I did a dive on on Smith a few weeks ago, and uh, and just like the dude the dude's legs I think are pretty underrated. I don't think people talk about it a whole lot. Um, well, Kirk Cousins ran a lot there last year. Yeah, and it 
I think uh, I was looking. I was looking every year through Alex Smith's Alex Smith's career, and it, you can see you can see like these oh crap moments where oh you know Jamal Charles got hurt or uh, who else were they banking on? It might have been JC getting hurt twice, but it, both years where they lost their starting running back, you just see this big jump in uh, in his rushing attempts, and it, that's why I think. Uh, Mahomes, I mean, I don't think they're going to be afraid to let Mahomes run this year, and I think that's part of his game. People don't talk about enough, but it, I, I could, as far as a runner in Washington, like I think Alex Smith is the best one. But it, if you're in PPR, by all means, yeah, draft, draft, draft Chris Thompson. But it, for me, as a standard guy, he's just maybe it's bad. He's just not on my radar too much. That makes total sense. Uh, let's talk Will Fuller. This is a guy I can never even come near. He's like that allergic reaction. I don't even want to touch him. He's like poison ivy. Yet I see so many people flocking him going, it's the third-year receiver narrative. It's Deshaun Jackson's healthy. All these narratives, I guess, that makes you sleep at night. I don't know. I don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong, and I will be off that train. And if he goes off, well, I won't have – I'll have zero shares. But um, what's your thoughts on Will Fuller? Because he's already hurt again. I think it's the small sample thing where it's the same thing people are doing with Deshaun Watson. Um and in that sample last year with Watson, they they were superb. And it basically you're just asking yourself, like, is that is that the reality that you expect out of Houston, or are you chalking that up to you know this? I think it was maybe a six game sample where uh, where everybody was healthy there. And it, you know, I'm I'm not buying the Watson thing. I love Watson. I'm a, I'm a Carolina guy. Um, I grew up in South Carolina, so Clemson was my was my jam. Um, but it, you know, it just it's it's the whole like being risk averse thing. So if I if I think that maybe there's a chance Watson's not going to make it through, I'm not really going to go out of my way to to go after uh, his target. And and Fuller is right around that area where like I really love Jameson Crowder. Yeah. Um, I like Aguilar. So I mean, it, if I'm not as worried about Alex Smith staying healthy, then uh, I'm I'm going to lean Crowder, who who I ranked pretty aggressively. So Fuller. I mean, it, it's also like it's you're in that mess of like. Nobody really knows. Like you're, you're just yeah. kind of taking your you're taking your shot on who you think is going to explode. And uh, I just I like a little bit more safety there, even still in like the six, seven, eight kind of round. I feel like football so variable. Like we can I can take shots later in the draft, and it and that's just kind of how I do it. And it's pretty boring. I know it's boring, but it I just I like safety for like as long as I can do it. And then when I feel like there's not really any more, I'm like taking crazy shots. No, there's a lot to be said about. It. That's how I like the draft. I like that really good floor with upside early. Make sure my my starting roster is going to have like you know the potential to get ten plus points from each guy. Then I'll go get those long shots later that you can always drop if things go wrong. Like go give me um, go try your Keenan Keelan Cole or your DD Westbrook later. They might have just as much upside as Will Fuller come season's end. Like literally, someone take a note at this point in the podcast and and let me know at the end of the year what the point differences between those guys and Will Fuller because I would not be shocked if one of them outscores Will Fuller this year. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Um, but th- there's a lot of things like that. Um, let's talk about this next guy. You can get him around the Will Fuller time in your drafts. Josh Gordon is back. He has a mild hamstring injury, but things everyone says he's fine. He's not starting week one, but he's playing week one. He's going to be a starter once they do all the kind of – they're doing the right thing, saying he's got to earn his role and all those things. I get it. Um, he's going to be the starter in Cleveland. It's very simple. He's electric. Uh, how are you approaching a guy like Josh Gordon? Cause 
I've already drafted three leagues and I have two shares and I might just be overexcited about him, but I know, I know how electric he can be at the same time. I know how he can kill your team when things go wrong. Yeah, I think we're the, I think we're similar. Um, I'm not in my day job. I said, I was in education. I'm, I'm a, I'm a middle school counselor. So I mean, I do, I do quite a bit of talking and listening for, uh, for a living. Um, rooting for people that have been through things that are tough is just, it's just part of, it's part of how I'm wired and it's definitely a part of what I do. So for a guy like Gordon, I can't help but insert a little bit of that. I mean, it like his off season reads like he is trying to do everything that he can him, him staying away mm-hmm. can definitely, and we don't know anything cause I don't, you know, I don't live near, um, I'm not in his camp, but it, it could very well be him staying away, taking care of himself, being dedicated and it like physically, you know, he has the tools and, you know, Tyrod can throw the ball deep and it like, I love Gordon. Like it, you know, I like the wide receiver picture gets murky so fast anyway. And it, and it is deep wide receiver is deep, but it's still, you know, like soon, like very quickly you're like, well, is it Diggs or Thielen or is Doug Baldwin healthy or, you know, is Gordon going to be on the field all year? Like it, you know, there's almost like, there's almost like immediate questions that, Almost yeah. like every almost like every position, there's immediate questions except for quarterback, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm like, I, at that point, I'm going to pick who who I want to root for. You know, mm-hmm. especially if it's if it's just the, if it's a hometown league or any even if it's a, if it's a serious league quotation marks like it. I if all things are equal, I'm going to probably chase upside around where he's going and uh, pick the guy that I want to root for. So he, awesome. he's. Yeah. He's an easy guy to root for for me. No, and like, I'm with I'm, you. I'm hoping that he comes back. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about that. He's he, like you said, everything that you're reading, you're seeing. He, a, he's still very, very young. Young people justify it or not, whatever your standard is on it, make dumb mistakes. Like it happens, and he has physically shown he is a, like sorry about it, and he's trying to do everything he can to make it right, and you have to at least give, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt on this and, and, and root it on, like you're saying. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. Um, maybe that's part of the reason why I took a gamble on him instead of someone else. Cause Hey, I want to see that story play out on my team. And cause like we both agree on, he is that electric. If, if he is keeping clean and he is staying focused and he is on the field, cause yes, Tyrod will throw deep balls all day long. And half the mm-hmm. time with Gordon, he can give him a slant. And he'll take it to the house. Cause he's so dang fast. Like <laughs> there's so much to be said about this. Um, I think he's a great story. And I, I just wanted to basically bring him up because some people are already saying he's already got a hamstring injury. He's always hurt. And I just want to be like, hey, guys, I think a lot of this is he's just getting back into playing shape with these guys. They're going through the motions because the Browns are also trying to keep everything kind of even keel and let him kind of get back into it and everything and not overwhelm him with the spotlight everywhere and stuff. There's a lot to be said because he does seem like he might be a fragile individual that just needs a little more help. Uh, heck, my mom used to work for the Kings back in the day. They had Ron Artest. The Kings literally paid four people to babysit him all day long because yep. some of these guys just can't keep it together. It's that simple. So um, you never know. It's crazy. Uh, last piece of news real quick. Kenyon Drake. This guy is very, very good. You live in the in the southeast, so you know a little bit about Alabama. They're close enough to you. Um, he was good there, and he was very good for the Dolphins at season's end. Now – it was like Gore comes to town. It's going to be 50-50, all this. And Adam Gates finally came out and said, I want like 20 carries a game. I want five to six catches. 
and that just brought music to my ears because I think this guy's so darn good. He's their best running back. Are you believing Gase? Are you is he moving up your boards this way? Or what are you looking at, Kenyon Drake? He he's a dude that like if I'm ranking, I'm probably taking the the cowardly way out and uh, putting him right at his ADP, um, or right at his his, his expert consensus, consensus. But it, so much of it is going to be if it's if we're talking snake draft, it's going to be based on what my draft slide is. And if I'm looking for a running back around that juncture, I don't, I don't have anything against Drake. He's, he's a guy I picked up last year. Um, and I, he kind of carried me whenever Kareem Hunt did his, did his disappearing routine last year. Um, so I don't, if I'm looking at like the, the young running back versus the, the, the very old running back. And do, do I believe that the young guy is going to get way more carries? Absolutely. So, uh, I'm I'm totally fine taking taking Drake and having him be a, either a second running back or you know a, a oh crap I, I had to I had to spend up and, and you know go two wide outs and a tight end or, or whatever and and he's your your first running back but uh, I'm I'm good with Drake yeah I like him a lot and I just it was kind of more just making me feel better about about life when I hear stuff like that because some well, coach you, speak is just coach speak but some when you marry like. Gore, I mean, I don't even know how old he is. I know it's a joke now, but it, you know, it's crazy. I mean, there'd be no, there'd be no reason for a team to feed Frank Gore like it, you know, Indianapolis Colts. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that'll wrap us up for the player news this week. Let me talk to you about Draft. Draft Draft.com, Draft in your app store is a great way to play fantasy sports. And right now, they have NFL best balls going and going strong. Go check it out. It's a great way to play. You draft. You don't worry about it. They take your best scores each week. It's a ton of fun. Use promo code SD Sports when you check out, and you'll get entry into a free $3 best ball tournament. So go check it out. Draft in your app store, draft.com, promo code SD Sports when you check out, and enjoy a great, fun way to play fantasy sports. Now to this week's edition of Benched with Bubba. Let's talk tight ends. Like you said, it's tight end week over at Fake Teams. I know you've covered tight ends for the last year or so. So you have a little bit of a current knowledge on these guys, and that's why I wanted to bring you on here. And we're going to go over Fantasy Pros ADP. we got the top 12, uh, yeah, twelve, and then we're going to talk about some other long shots here. Um, it's not the sexiest position by any means. You have the top heaviness, and then you can kind of wait if you so choose. Uh, before we even get into the players, how do you approach tight ends in your, uh, in your leagues? Uh, the big three, and then uh, peace out. Yep. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, it's a little deeper than that. Um, I like I like Trey Burton quite a bit, and uh, I put up uh, today. Actually, I wrote it a little while ago, secret. But uh, I posted uh, about Kyle Rudolph today. I was I was sitting on him for tight end week. Um, so after Burton, I like Rudolph. But it really it, like the big three. If you're looking at a points per game basis, those those three guys were head and shoulders above everybody else last year. And it the the only change and maybe where I don't know if it's a hot take. I haven't seen too many people that I don't know if I'm the only one that's a little skittish with, uh, with Travis Kelsey. Um, I still haven't been in the top three. I just, I have him, I have him third behind Ertz and it, and for me, it's a, Mahomes has played one game and, and with Andy Reed last year, that cold spell where like, okay, I suck at play calling. Let me hand it over to my, to my offensive coordinator. I mean, it just, just thinking that like the ship is going to just automatically run smoothly again just makes me kind of slightly pause. And it's that whole like 
being risk averse thing in the early rounds. So if I feel like he and Ertz are kind of splitting hairs and Ertz has that round or round and a half later ADP, you know, obviously the first choice is Gronk. If I can get Gronk in round two, I'm doing that. Like I'm almost like not even thinking about it. So um, you're, so any, you're, you're a Gronk all, all the time. If he's there, you're going. Um, yeah, I'm Gronk all the way in round two. Like it, unless it, you know, unless it's a weird format or, or something, but it, like if you're talking like typical standard league, like if I can get Gronk in round two, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Um, but if I'm choosing then in round in round three, I would rather take another skill player and then get Ertz, get Ertz in four. Um, and that's what's, just, your, what, what's, what's your concerns on Kelsey? Because right now, everybody, it goes Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz right now. Like he's saying, Gronk's in the second round. Kelsey's going around the third, and Ertz is going around round four for the most part. And you're skipping Kelsey. Is it, is it because of the Mahomes things like you're saying, or is there something else? It's he. So of all the tight end ones last year, and I would assume of all tight ends, because you, if you had over 122 targets, you, you should be in the top 12. Um, but I spent some time and looked at uh, the tight end ones for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kelsey was number one in targets last year among tight ends. He had 122. And it, when you, when you just look at what they're doing and bringing in Sammy Watkins and um, the defense is worse and aging and, and most people expect them to not be very good. So, you know, the running attempts there could, could be lower than any other year during Reed's tenure. Like they could have to throw a lot more, but they also have more viable weaponry. And, uh, and Spencer Ware is a very underrated dude, uh, even as a receiver. So, even if Hunt is not on the field, if it's where, like, both of those running backs can catch passes and you brought in Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill is still there, like, it it just wouldn't surprise me if, like, Kelsey is not beating tight ends and targets next year. So I feel like you're paying for that. I think you're, I think you're paying for a guy that's going to get a monstrous target load. And, you know, instead of being at 120, if he's down at 105, I mean – I just, I don't know. Plus the rookie QB, basically, because he's only had a game. I don't know. It's just, if I'm, it's just his his ADP is, it's almost, in some spaces, Gronk will go, and then people automatically take Kelsey. And I don't think it's that close with those two. I think it's Gronk all by himself, and then we wait, and then uh, and then go for Kelsey and Ertz are much closer together. Um, I just, I don't see the targets where they were last year. I'm just, I'm just a little nervous in general with, uh, with chiefs guys. No, that makes sense. I get it. New quarterback, more weapons. Makes a lot of sense. It's it's tough to keep that uh, workload in play. Let's talk about Jimmy Graham going to new England or to green Bay. And you have Aaron Rodgers, who's been raving about him in green Bay and talking about how big he is and the ability is he's playing out of the slot and telling everybody he's more athletic than people give him credit for. And are you buying any of this? No, I'm not. And it, no, just say no. That's funny. Um, no, and it like he and uh, he and Evan Ingram last year were the only two tight end ones. So your top twelve tight ends in standard leagues, they were the only two that had a catch rate below sixty percent. I mean, and so Ingram made it on target volume. He was the number two tight end in overall targets last year behind behind Kelsey. So he's another guy that I'm in eh, because it same thing in New York where you drafted Saquon, Shepard's healthy, Odell's healthy. 
like it. So I don't expect Ingram to get the volume either. So Ingram made it on overall targets. Um, Graham made it on red zone looks because he was he was number one in the NFL in red zone looks. And it, so you can if you think that he's going to lead the NFL in red zone looks this year, and his quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, then then by all means, uh, you know, pay for that. I just I just think that I can wait and uh, and do a Trey Burton who I think has upside or, or wait and do a Kyle Rudolph, who I think also as a, as a red zone guy, as a red zone dude is like, I think there's a chance Rudolph is Jimmy Graham light with like more, with way more yardage this year. And I completely, it, I completely agree with that thought. I'm so he just like now. his age and uh, major surgeries and the fact that like, you're basically just banking on touchdowns. Like you're, you're not, cause he may, he may have games where he catches two, but, I don't expect his yardage totals to be uh, to be very high, and it, and I do a lot of uh, I don't know if this is weird. I like to play a lot of head to head, and it in head to head, what keeps you afloat is is yardage. So, I mean, obviously, you like guys that can give you both, but I'm kind of I'm kind of out. I'm not kind of out. Like I'm definitely out on Graham. I think I ranked him tight end nine. Oh wow, big stand. I don't I don't disagree with it. That's just a big stand. You, don't, you haven't seen that in a lot of places at all. Um, let's talk Greg Olson. Uh, he was banged up a lot last year, got a deal to come back with the Panthers. You know, he's got a rapport with Newton. They like each other quite a bit, but there's DJ Moore and, you know, everyone's going to give uh, CMC his, his touches and, and whatnot. Uh, how are you looking at a guy like Greg Olson? Cause to me, I want nothing to do with him. Like you said, I, I want the top three or I go to Rudolph and Burton's of the world. It seems like Olson's kind of gets overlooked in the whole scheme of the tight ends. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to like. I'm trying to think about how I would view him if he had not gotten injured last year. Like how how would I view Olson if he were healthy all last year, healthy coming into this year, and then Cam has all these weapons all of a sudden. Um, and I do think I'd still be skittish like I am like I am right now. Um, and some of that is I'm not I'm not going to like flat out agree with Calvin Benjamin, but it, like Cam's not the most accurate quarterback. I I agree. Uh, you know, we love Cam because he can run. Um, but uh, it's just – I guess I think about it, like, from a team perspective, like what does the team need in order to to accomplish what they need to do? And, and in Carolina, they can they – can, they can go – I mean, Moore, Funches, Olsen. Obviously, I, I said it, McCaffrey. I'm all in on McCaffrey. Um, I mean, it – Samuel, nobody's talking about that. That there's some some draft capital in Samuel, and he kind of flashed. I think it might have been preseason in in the third game. Um, he's a dude that people are kind of writing off. I mean, it, he, like, he had some games towards the end of last year when they were kind of banged up. He showed up. Newton's just like there's so many ways he can go, and it Olson coming off the injury and his age. I mean, I just once we're past the top three, I'm basically waiting, and that's just. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not doing Olsen. I'm not doing uh, Jimmy Graham. There's Evan Ingram. I'll kind of pause, honestly, even though I just kind of slided in with his catch rate last year. I mean, it, he he was using the slot a ton in college. It was like some crazy number. It was like 73% of the time Ingram was in the slot in college. And if they move him into the slot more, obviously I think the catch rate's going up. But it, you're still talking about like – I think they want to run the ball and play defense. And like, I don't think they want to lean on Eli's arm. It doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't like you're going <laughs> to, 
I mean, it, like, for what reason do they have to just fling it all over the yard if they can successfully run the ball mm-hmm. with Saquon and play defense and feature Odell? I mean, it. You know, you're talking Ingram. Is it at best he's the second weapon in that offense, and you know, at least in the passing game. And yeah, it, he might he might be number one in the red zone. I don't know, but uh, you know, but if you're just chasing touchdowns, I feel like you can do that in tons of places at tight end. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the, how that all breaks out because talent's there, but he did a lot of that last year with uh, a lot of injuries out there, like you said. So you got Delaney Walker in Tennessee. He's kind of banged up playing through injuries. I honestly don't really want to talk too much about Delaney Walker because he's just kind of like that guy. He's a guy to me. Uh, but I do want to get to the next couple. You got Kyle Rudolph, you've mentioned, Jordan Reed, and Trey Burton. Trey Boo Boo, as some of you like to call him, is on everyone's radar right now, and for good, good reasons. I'll let you talk about him. But Kyle Rudolph, I love I love the Jimmy Graham comparison. Um, we already know how Cousins likes his tight end. We've seen how Rudolph has played well when given the opportunity, and you're getting him super late, like way late. This is this is fancy pros ADPs. To me, I've been in most drafts where Rudolph goes after a lot of these guys, and you're getting him much, much later. And then some people are jumping back on Jordan Reed. So how do you look at those kind of three right there? Because I think if you wait on tight end, this is kind of a wheelhouse you can kind of attack. Yeah, I mean, it, so if I miss the big three – the guy that I'm looking for next is Burton. And it, in most places where it's – at least I think it's a competitive room, I think he's basically a round seven guy if I want to make sure I get Trey Burton. Uh, and he's the same deal that you said about the money. Like it, they paid him. It looks like they are going to feature him. And, like, he's he's their version of Travis Kelsey. I'm, I'm totally buying the narrative that the Chiefs' offensive coordinator is now the head coach and they love the tight end. And it – like, I just I just think Trey Burton is going to go nuts. So, or at least like if I'm looking after the top three, who has a chance to go nuts? It's Trey Burton. So I'm gonna and if I take a dart on him in round seven and he doesn't pan out, like I yeah. can stream. Like that's that's the deal with tight end. Like tight end is a tragedy after like the top ten, and if it doesn't work out with an upside play like Burton, I can stream and it you know. It is what it is. Obviously, you don't want to throw away a pick in the middle, but uh, I'm playing it that way, and, and I'll, it probably sounds ageist, and I'm not. I promise, but it, I'm just I'm not in on Olson. You know, Delaney, he'll be kind of solid, but it, I do think he's got some positive touchdown regression coming. He only caught three last year, but uh, he just he's still like it's the same deal in Tennessee. Like, it, yep. there's a lot of weapons in Tennessee, and like Deion Lewis is going to catch 50 balls, mm-hmm. and uh, like it, there's no need to throw to Delaney Walker a hundred times. They're just not like he. He's not going to be that emergency valve. Deion Lewis will be the emergency valve. Yep. So I'm kind of I'm kind of out on the Olsen, Delaney, Graham like grouping in the middle. Ingram is the only one I kind of like. It kind of scares me to uh, just do a strong fade, like because he is young and he is a great athlete. And if they do move him in the slot, he can be more efficient. And he could crush it in the red zone, but I still, with so many weapons in in New York and drafting Saquon, like they're going to pound it, man. And then they're going to feature Odell. So I'd rather just I'd, I'd wait and get Burton. And if that doesn't work, I'll grab Rudolph. And on him, like he does drop quite a bit, but it if you're in a sharp room, I think you you probably need to grab him in round eight, from what from what I have seen. No, definitely. Um, the next couple guys we have on here before we go to kind of some deep guys you might like. Uh, Jack Doyle, people remember how good he was when, when Luck was there. 
Um, he's, he's kind of a late option if you want to. And then the flashy name, if it's because of hard knocks or not, I know a lot of people liked him last year. Between him and Seth, the was a mess, but David and Joku, he is a physical specimen. He is a beast. And he is like, besides the way he wears his shirt on hard knocks and just whatever, I can never do that. But, um, the way he just plays, like he's been tearing it up in the preseason. And we know the talents there. Those two guys late could be options. How do you look at a Doyle and, and Joku? I've got him. I've got him like neck and neck. Uh, Njoku is the is the upside play. I've got him tenth, and I've got Doyle one spot behind him at eleven. Um, who I view as the as the safe play, and it and it, we didn't mention Luck, but it his injury sounds minor, so I'm yeah, not I'm not gonna. I just like screwed it. That's yeah, yeah. Well, just to like weave it in, like it. Yeah. So as long as that's minor, um, I'm still feeling pretty good about Doyle. Um, I've been taking some heat in the fake team slack, so I need to I need to share this with with them when I'm done. Um, they are all over me about Ebron because I, I put him I put him 13th, and it I mean again this is a guy they brought in. Yep. He's young, he's athletic. Andrew Luck has had a history of being able to support, you know, two tight ends. I mean, Dwayne Allen was like a touchdown or bust kind of guy, but I think Ebron is more than that. Especially if you look at the rest of the receiving core. So if you're not if you're not going to buy into Chester Rogers, which he's a guy that seems pretty polarizing. Some people are like, this guy is going to explode. Other people are like, there's no way this guy. And it, so just if I'm looking at the Colts in general, like man, I think you know Ebron is gonna is gonna do some some eating at certain points this year. So and tight end is a tragedy. I don't. I keep saying it. I mean. It, like I would love to take a guy that's wed to Andrew Luck and it and Ebron, I don't know where he's at with ECR on fantasy pros, but he's buried. Yeah, he's he's way down there. I don't even have it up right now. He's he's a ways down there. But um, I, I'd assume he's yeah. below Howard, which that situation to me seems very similar, except yeah. the Bucks have more people to throw to, the Colts have less people to throw to, and the Colts have a better quarterback as long as he's healthy. So I mean people are like Let's buy all the upside with O.J. Howard, but let's completely ignore it with Eric Ebron. And it, I get it, like his hands look like stone sometimes, but it, you know, like unless you're going to get penalized for drops, you don't really care about that if he's still catching touchdowns. So I like Ebron, but I've been, I've been taking lots of heat on it over at fake teams. So how do you feel about Ebron? I don't mind it as a late, like especially if you're streaming or you need help late in the in the draft. I don't hate it at all. I've been one of those guys on uh, our weekly DFS show. I do. I was always an Ebron value guy, week in and week out, because the talent has always been there. Like he's always there. He's a red zone threat. We've said it how many times on this podcast about tight ends is outside of the big guys, you're praying for touchdowns pretty much, and that is what Ebron does. You might not see him in between the twenties the entire game, but when you get in the red zone and now the new stat inside the ten zone. Um, the green zone, whatever the heck they're calling it now, he he's a great target down there. If he could just, like you said, turn his hands of stones into hands of, you know, I guess leather or rich mahogany or something that could catch a football, um, that would be ideal because the talent's there. So I don't hate it at all. I see exactly where you're coming from. I also see where many people that just have been burned by him for so long, it's like the scorned lover, want to just be like, nope, you're crazy. This isn't happening anymore because you remember how it was a couple of years back. People were taking him like tight end eight and above because they thought, uh, okay, he's in this high-powered Lions offense, and that's where you that, kind of made a mistake. <laughs> Anquan Bolden got all those red zone targets and like crushed yep. my soul. So, yep. you know, he just 
that was it. And Bolden, Bolden delayed that, that breakout quotation marks for a year. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. And you know, in, in a team with so many, few, like so few weapons, you could still have you know Ebron line up on the line to block and then peel off, and you could have Ingram or uh, Ingram Doyle like in the slot. Like you could utilize these guys tremendously because they're also people might not remember they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets because you know Luck missed an entire season of football. They want him staying upright. They're going to want as many blockers on that line as possible, which allows for more opportunities for things. So I see exactly where you're coming from, basically. Yeah, and maybe I don't know. Maybe my thirteen was I ranked him thirteen. Maybe yeah, but, felt like that was. But honestly, I don't, I don't it think wouldn't surprise me if if he has two top twelve tight ends. If oh, no if, doubt. If the Colts have both guys finish inside the top twelve, and it's and mainly that's just a big indictment of tight end in general. No doubt, and I, I don't do a lot of football rankings. I do baseball rankings, and maybe in another year or so, I'll start doing football rankings too. We'll see. But like when I do baseball rankings, after you get out of the you know, you know, wide receiver one, or you say, you know, first base ones or whatever. Yeah, go take your chances. Go plant your flag on a guy that, you know, has the upside that, you know, you're not telling everybody, okay, you have to run and take this guy, which you're not doing by any means. But at the same time, it's like, hey, I punted tight end. I was shooting for Burton or Rudolph. He got snaked. I'm going to go gamble on a Jamison Crowder instead. And stuff's falling, and I still need a tight end. Okay, well, you got Ebram. You got ASJ. You got stuff like that sitting there. Zero problem with that at all. Zero. It's just how the draft falls to you. Well, and at that point, and if you're playing the stream game in general, I mean, it, my one of my rules, quotation marks, is uh, like if, if I'm 50-50 on this guy versus this guy, like I'm always going to look at the quarterback. I mean, obviously, you look at the matchup, and if you're playing against the Giants, you, you pick the tight end playing against the Giants uh, until the <laughs> – unless B.J. Goodson shows me he's going to shut it down. But yeah. – uh, until we see it, yeah, you stream against the Giants. But it, so the matchup matters. But after that, I mean, it, I'm looking at the quarterback, like you know, who's who's throwing the football because I think that matters. The the quality of the target definitely matters. So if I'm looking at Ebron versus Howard, like Howard's got three games of Fitzpatrick, and then you know Winston's whatever he's got going on inside his head. So. I, I I like Ebron, but I'm I'm taking some. I never thought I was gonna enter into this year and be an Ebron truther, but apparently apparently it's here. So it happens. Are there any other uh, long shots you're kind of looking at? Not long shots, but later guys that aren't really on the radar uh, that you, you you'd be okay maybe taking a chance on, or after you draft, putting on your kind of watch list for uh, streaming and whatnot. I think the the Hurst injury is a nice smoke screen, uh, given how much the Ravens have utilize its tight end in the past, even even with Flacco's deficiencies, which are very obvious right now. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Jackson is starting. And it, if Hurst only misses two games, you know, then he's going to maybe kind of work his way back into game shape. I mean, the injury is a is – a, obviously it sucks. You want a guy to stay healthy. But it, I'm definitely looking at Hurst for when he's healthy. I mean, I think he's, I think he's polished. Um, he's mature and he's in a spot with a team that doesn't have a lot of doesn't have a lot of receiving talent and that team loves to feature the tight end. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep eyeballing Hayden Hurst and um, I, I'm taking I've done a uh, I guess we call it we call it a keeper. Um, we've kind of the league this league I'm in we kind of we kept a different number every year. We've had ten te- ten teams for probably five years since we started. This year we're adding two teams, 
uh, I had a friend that wanted to get in. And so I needed another one. So I asked the wife and, and the wife always, she'll, she'll do like one league per year. And I'm like, Hey, instead of doing this one where you have to like pick your team every year, you can just do this one where you pick your guys and then, you know, they're your guys for forever. So, so she's going to take over my team that's already in existence and I'm going to take over the expansion. So I'm going to be drafting very deep because I'm starting out with no players and it, so dudes like Hurst um, that are young, I'm definitely, I'm, re- I'm really excited about that draft, but it, I know that's not the question, but it, no, I like, I like Hurst. I like Hurst in Baltimore for sure. I got two more guys. I'm just curious on your take since you've been kind of digging in a little more. What's your thoughts on rookie Mike uh, Giusecki and the, in Miami and then in Arizona, Ricky Seals Jones? Uh, I mean, in those two, if it's between those two, I'm definitely going Seals Jones. Um, Sam Bradford loves the tight end. Like that's that's not. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Uh, when I was when I was digging into Kyle Rudolph, uh, the year Bradford was in Minnesota, I believe it was 2016. Uh, Rudolph's target share was nuts. I mean, it was like last year he was a shade under 15, percent but when when Bradford was there, it was like 23. I mean, it was something like. It was like Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis combined in Washington two years ago. Jeez. When Jordan, whenever Jordan Reed was actually healthy, they were those two combined were were right around twenty three or twenty four. But it, like Sam Bradford loves a tight end, so I think Sills Jones is 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 a is a nice play if you're if you think Sammy B is going to hold on to that job for a while. Like we all know, he's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like Sills Jones a bunch. If if I'm looking for a late guy, I, de- I definitely like him a lot, a bunch. Jacecki, uh, am I saying his name correctly? I, I think so. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of eh on him. Yeah. And uh, some of that's a Tannehill thing, and it, you know, I kind of, I think he's just a kind of a solid, average, solid guy with some legs. That's his dimension that Bradford can't offer, but um, I don't. I'm just not super into Miami this year. And I, I know maybe you heard that with, when we were talking about Drake. So mm-hmm. some of that's the rookie tight end bias too. Like it, I know I just talked about Hurst and now I'm going to say, don't take a rookie tight end, but it, Hurst is a little bit of an anomaly there. Cause he's 25 and, and, yeah. and there's more, there's some more maturity and there's more polish. So um, I'm not super into the Miami guy. No, no worries. I think that's a, a deep enough dive in the tight end position for now. Uh, obviously, if you guys need more information, go check out the fake teams and everything they got going on over there. Uh, why don't you plug what you guys got going on over there and uh, your Twitter handle one more time? Uh, well, over there, we're we're like you, where we're not. Uh, I don't think we're diving too much into kicker or defense coverage because that would be, you know, change your league settings and then the coverage is over. Uh, so tight end week is wrapping up. I assume that like next week will be bold prediction week at fake teams. That's kind of historically how we've handled that. Um, and then at Twitter, it's I'm boring. It's at Heath Caps. Oh, he's not boring though, people. Trust me, as you can already tell, super knowledgeable, and uh, he'll he'll talk to you about anything if you if you uh, if you approach it the right way. So uh, go uh, go check him out on Twitter at Heath Caps and all his work over there at Fake Teams and Heath. It was a pleasure having you on, and we will do this again, whether you like to or not. We will do this again because it was a very good time. Let's let's make sure you don't lose listeners first, and then uh, and then we'll go from there. So if you, <laughs> no, I don't care if you gain any, you don't have to gain any. But if if you lose quite a few, and you don't ask me back, I'm, I'm not offended. 
Well, well, we'll approach that road when we do, but it's all good, and I appreciate you joining me tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. No problem. Everybody, this is Bench to Bubba, episode 118 with Heath Caps of the Fake Teams, talking fans, tight ends, and much, much more. Catch you guys next time. Yeah.